Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Colchonero Chat, the first of 2022. I'm Jeremy, I'm joined by Robbie, and we are going to talk all about Atletico's 2-0 win over Rio Vallecano. Yes, that's right, Atletico's losing streak is over. Four-game losing skid to end 2021 has been left behind in that calendar year. Um, lots to talk about from this game. Relatively straightforward for Atletico, Robbie. Uh, would you are you convinced by this performance? Was this one of the team's better performances this season? What were your general takeaways? Yeah, I think it was fine, and I I was thinking about that during the game. I was like, is is this convincing? Is it uh, what does it say about them? And to be honest with you, after such a a poor way to end 2021, I don't think it really matters. Getting the win was important, and uh, and and right now that's what it's all about for Atletico. And it's a pity that it is has gotten to this, and it's a pity that they're not fighting for the title. But it is what it is, and I think Simeone just needs a couple of wins again to kind of before you start fixing systems and tactics and start to kind of. Uh, move on to the next level it's just a matter of getting the confidence back and, and kind of reminding the players that they are still capable and it is still a good squad <laughs> yeah and there is there is still a good amount to fight for right even in La Liga you want to finish as high as you can and I, I think second place is still is a good objective to have that's relatively attainable given that Sevilla haven't always been very convincing and Betis and, and Rio have been 
kind of surprise packages this season, Ryo especially, and we're going to talk about them a little later on. But from an Atletico point of view, yeah, just just getting the win and getting some of those good feelings back after such a miserable end to the calendar year. First win in La Liga since November 20th and out shooting Ryo 15 to 5. I don't believe Ryo had a shot on target the entire game. How about that? A clean sheet in addition to the win. Haven't seen too many of those lately. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to concede goals when you don't uh, when the opposition don't get a don't get a shot on uh, get a shot on target. So, I have uh, heard that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I've been a, told. Coaching one on one. That's right. <laughs> yes, um, Angel Correa, the star man for Atletico today, Robbie. Two goals for him on either side of half time. The first one just before the half hour mark, a, a bit of a pinball. Uh, I think Rodrigo de Paul was really the one who made this goal, wasn't he? Yeah, excellent, excellent run, and one of those kind of trademark, uh, no-nonsense drives with with the head down into, into enemy territory. And then Yannick Carrasco, who I'm sure we'll talk about uh, later on, Yannick mm. Carrasco just does so well. And and, and we, we often talk about Joe Felix and Thomas Lamar having something that no one else in the squad has. and that. But Yannick Carrasco has that, his ability to beat men one-on-one. His, uh, his love for dribbling, he just loves taking players on. He's so good at it. And, and he, he, he causes so much, he's so slippery. And he causes, uh, he can create so much trouble for, for opposing defence. And then, yeah, like, like you said, pinball. And I, I know Lucas Zidane, it's kind of a tough one. I watched it a couple of times back. And I know it's a really tough one. But, I mean, and, and I know Angel Correa kind of hits it really quickly. It's one of those ones where he doesn't really lift his foot back very far, and it's hard to it's hard to kind of see uh, Zidane's vision might have been kind of uh, blocked. But you're getting bet at your near post uh, under your legs. It's not the best of looks, and I, I don't know if Dmitrievsky does much better today for Rio and, and keeps him in it. But I, I think. That goal doesn't go in, and you get to nil. You get to half time nil all, and all of a sudden, the goes to those demons and those ghosts of last year start <laughs> back in, and all of a sudden it's a different game. But yeah, once Atletico took the lead, never really in doubt uh, at the end of the day. But uh, and yeah, it's good to see Correa getting on the getting on the score sheet. Nice, uh, nice, nice that he is. Uh, yeah, on, uh, scoring twice and, and and a main a main main player in the game. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him in addition to Carrasco and a couple other guys in just a sec. Uh, but you mentioned Luka Zidane, who is, of course, Zinedine's kid, uh, who is usually the uh, the backup keeper for Rio. I believe this was his first appearance since that horror show against Sevilla on the, the opening day of the season. Uh, Dmitrievsky, who's been quite good this year, unavailable due to the COVID protocols in La Liga. I think he tested negative, but he was rendered unavailable anyway. Uh, from the Rio point of view, Robbie, um, only one win away from home all season. Their home and away form has, has been really Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, was this a matter of, of Atletico taking control of the game or a really poor Rio team kind of making it easy for them? Yeah, it looked like that, didn't it? I think when Rio don't have Oscar Trejo at number 10, yeah. they, they, like Unai Lopez, I love Unai Lopez as a player. I think he offers so much, but the system has to be right for him. He's not the kind of player who imposes himself on a game. and he, he, yeah, and, yeah, Sorry, not the system, but the circumstances have to be right. Atletico are just way too physical for him, and he didn't really get going at all today. Sergio Guardiola didn't get a whole lot of... Um, 
get a get a get a much of a look in. And also they're missing Alvarito Garcia on the left. And I think um, I'd have to watch the game back. But there was, and I know that it's it's really simplistic to break it down like this. But Raya were actually going really well. And half by Lucas Ran out, and and after that it felt like. Atletico just kind of grew in confidence and Rio just completely shrunk from the challenge. Uh, and I wonder like, if that had something got to do with the, the kind of way that uh, the way that the game went. Now, I know, it was, again, that's very simplistic, but uh, Rio did start the game really well and, and it looked like Atletico were just going to let them play. But once, 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 once Atletico got the, got the feel of the game, they did start to really put pressure on, on Rio and once they got the first goal, it was game over. But... Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, at the end of the day, look, and I, I'm as as a, I'm a, I'm guilty of this. In that I get excited when Royal win and they go on a nice wins and they get 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 uh, get um, they 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 have a couple of you know, they they have good victories like they they bet Barcelona and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this Royal Vallecano team is is a bottom half team, a squad. So and, and more often than not, Iriola's coaching, as I've said many times before, is absolutely excellent and he's he has turned this team into um he has turned this team into a a coherent, enjoyable uh, watch. But at the same time, more often than not, you come up against an Atletico Madrid with the talent in their squad and you could have a uh, the, the the child of Pep Guardiola, Arsene Wenger, and and, uh, and Johan Cruyff <laughs> on the sideline, and it's not going to matter. It and I just matter. think that, and, and I just think in the second half of the season, we're going to see Rio coming up against teams that are just superior than them in 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 talent and in uh, mm. physic in every 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 department that matters. And I think that no matter how good Iriola is. There are going to be games where Atletico just get outclassed, and it's as simple as that. So uh, we can talk about what Atletico did, but at the end of the day, or what Rio didn't do, but at the end of the day, Atletico, you play that game a hundred times, and Atletico win it probably 90, 95 times out of 100. Rio have just one win from 10 away from Vallecas this year, Robbie. Uh, one win, two draws, seven defeats, just seven goals, four. Uh, they've lost five of their past six away from home but I think we do even though Rio have had such a splendid start to the season have been La Liga's surprise package bar none uh and even if the second half of the season is more difficult for them this has still been a, a raging success right like from a newly promoted POV like you're 15 points clear of the drop halfway through the season you're gonna stay in La Liga after they finished sixth in Segunda last year didn't they yeah and they just snuck in as well yeah they just snuck in had absolutely no race even competing and and, one, and even then when they got when they when they came into um when they came into the La Liga I was thinking this is going to be one and done kind of a situation but then and after that Sevilla game I was thinking this this Rio team is just going to be embarrassing to watch all year and but instead they completely turned it around and had some amazing amazing um victories uh, against the top teams but at the same time people say oh will they make your Europe and stuff like that honestly like for, for Rio fans I think it's more about just a little bit of solidity or uh, like stability in La Liga because it's been up and down ever since I started I moved to Spain uh, six or seven years ago it's it's been up and down and up and down and, and uh, like 
That's fine. But, but and it's not so much. I don't mind going to watch Ryan in the Segunda. The problem is that the team just there's no stability. You, you get a couple of good players, and you get you get relegated, and all they're all sold. And then you have a nice team in Segunda, and then the Segunda is so uh, kind of everything is moving all the time, and you mm-hmm. have players coming in and out. There's no kind of stability. And then you might, might get promoted and you've got a new brand new set of players and you're like, okay, let's get behind these guys and then they're sold uh, six months or a year later uh, when it's not working out and when it seems fairly evident it's not going to happen. And you just, there's no like stability and, and I think that just, if Rio could stay in La Liga for five or six years, they might be able to maybe actually build something. I think that's, there might be some fun in that. But uh, yeah, I think, and, and, and for me, and I said it all along, Rio just need to stay up this year, and I, I'm not even thinking about Europe, like yeah. because um, yeah, so and it's looking like, I like even I sound like a manager here. I'm not thinking about it's... Europe game by game. Just... <laughs> partido, a partido. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every game's a final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Rio. The, the key is to is to start a project, right? And I think Ariola has done a really good job there this season, irrespective of this result, um, which was really important for Atletico. Rio have have done a lot of really good work this season and are, are going to stay up where they finish is you know where they finish just as long as you stay up and start to build a project uh but atletico surpassing rio in the table with this victory uh angel correa uh, getting his second goal just after halftime a quick counterattack, and how about this a renan lodi assist uh a an inch perfect cross correa accelerating past i think it was um was it maras the defender he accelerated past on his run um, I'd have to look back. I'd have to, I'd have to watch it again, Central, too. So maybe Baliou? Yeah, that, that might be right. Uh, but Correa timed yeah. his run perfectly. Lodi's cross was inch perfect. And Correa's now on half a dozen goals in La Liga with the, the two goals today. Is he the best forward in Atletico Madrid's squad? Um, I, that's a good question. I mean... Uh, like I don't think I don't think there's ever been a a, a question about his, his ceiling and how good he can be. The problem is the unpredictability. And then coming back to my one of my other kind of <laughs> the tenets of my philosophy is that it's hard to judge players when the team itself isn't consistent. So I mean, in a different setting, I think he's got all the tools: uh, the unpredictability, the turn, the swivel, the the aggression, the the. The finishing, maybe not, but uh, yeah, just I, I think that the, the tools are there. The ceiling and his ceiling is excellent. It's just the problem is when he goes on droughts, it tends to be quite, um, quite bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's been the case throughout his career, right? These rough patches where he'll go two, three, four months without scoring, but he's been much more consistent over the past, I'd say, calendar year, roughly. Really, since that Betis game toward the end of last season, when he missed what would have been a game winner at the very end, he has been the most. This is probably the most consistent form of his career these past eight nine months, uh, bridging the end of last season into this season. Uh, I think at, right now he should be an automatic starter. Uh, he's he's been that good and that consistent this season. Um, Suarez, we've talked about Suarez all year and the, the kind of problem that his profile presents with how Atletico want to play. Cunha hasn't really nailed down a starting bid. Uh, not at all, really. I think he's only made one start. Uh, Griezmann has been up and down in La Liga. Joao Felix, we know the 
injuries and, and COVID history there. But Correa has been ever-present this season, and he had a mm. fabulous game today. Three shots, all of them on target, five key passes um, in, a, in a dribble completed. I, I also thought this was a good Suarez game for what it was worth. Um, I, if Atletico are going to play on the counter, which I still think is the strategy they should they should adhere to, Suarez could fit in some manner as someone to facilitate these runs for Correa, Lema, Carrasco. Uh, it, it's obviously not going to get him close to goal, but Suarez is a really good passer. He always has been. Two chances created today, only one shot on target. But I thought he did contribute uh, quite a bit in Atletico's buildup. It looked a lot more fluid when he dropped behind the penalty area, strangely enough. Yeah, and I think I think the problem is that um, with, as far as it's not about when he's on the ball, it's fine. But when he, the issue is getting to the ball first and getting turned, and and so, so you have to. So, so often you see him where a defender is uh, on his back and he just can't control it, or he he, he I don't know whether that's age or, or just his form is out, I, like. His passing, and he is quite a, an underrated, creative player uh, throughout his career. Because we would have just seen him purely as a pure killer, which he is as well. But uh, no, no, definitely very creative. But uh, it's just a matter of: Are you willing to suffer through the poor games? Are you willing to suffer through the the, the, the ball losses? Are you willing to uh, yes? Um, are you willing to sacrifice maybe an hour or thirty minutes or a half or a half? of him giving the ball away several times uh, for the couple of good passes. And I think that that's something that uh, if you've got nobody else in the team, then that's fine. But if Cunha can come in, and as a 22-year-old, if he can't, he's probably not as creative a passer as Suarez, but if he uh, he, he offers more like running around movements, stuff like that. And then um, uh, I think if... If Cunha is playing better than Suarez, then obviously you, you you have to go with him. But I also think that, and this is kind of comes back to the problems that Atletico have been having, and we've seen, um, and this is this is kind of speaks to what what you were talking about, Ajax Correa there. Like, if you look at it, say in terms of the of the of the links that you have with players, um, like they just trademark moves. Last season it was Llorente and Trippier yeah. on that right hand side. They could so many. How many times last season did we see it where they just kind of split a defense open? They they, they were like uh, communicating telepathically almost. Yeah. And this season we haven't really seen that. Trippier and Correa don't really have much. Rodrigo de Paul has been in and out of the team. Llorente uh, hasn't got a proper run. He was playing right back for a long time. Uh, like today we saw. Um, we saw Yannick Carrasco, Correa, and Trippier linking up quite well there together. A nice kind of, just kind of mini. Let's just say let's just call those mini games within games. Mm. That like that kind of area of the field, time and again, caused problems for for the the opposition. And I think that's on Simeone now to find and to and to figure out where those good combinations where where can he find those good combinations where he can get almost immediate rewards because that's what he needs at this point and he got them today with Correa Carrasco and even Trippier he didn't have to do as much going forward but he was he was good too he kind of knew what was happening ahead of him 
Trippier took a team high uh, and a game high 94 touches in this game. Would be kind of uh, bittersweet or ironic if Trippier's probably his best game this season is also his last one for Atletico with the Newcastle rumors ramping up. Uh, do you see him leaving this month? Um, it sounds like it it, it, it. it seems to be trending that way. Um, and I'd say Atletico know that they're going to lose him for nothing. And and the it, it looks like um. I, I would say if I was pushed pushed uh, uh, for an answer, I'd say yes. Well, I didn't have to push you. You provided it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could feel your, <laughs> I could feel your, 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 your eyes just staring at the screen. Am I really oh, so I, intimidating? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness. No, 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 no. I, I, um, I, no, but I don't like. Uh, I, I don't know. That that's the answer. I don't know. But if I was pushed for it, I would say yes. It feels like. Um, it feels like it's been um, it's trending in that direction yeah, already. Right. I'd, I'd have to agree. Given the reported salary that's an offer, and given that Newcastle can probably satisfy Atletico with an mm. offer of around 20, 25 million euros, I'd say if that offer is lodged, it's probably going to happen this month. And we'll see yeah. uh, who Atletico can source as a replacement. Obviously, we've talked about it a few times this season, just a few. Um, Atleti are, are trending toward a, a complete... Oh, defensive overhaul, given the struggles throughout this season. Today, clean sheet. Great. They needed that. But over the balance of the season, Atletico's defense has been pretty poor, as we know, and they need more options and more bodies back there. Making a, a and, possible profit on Trippier was a good way to start. Yeah, and that, that's actually something I was thinking about today, and I kind of say this tongue-in-cheek. But in a way, with all the absences for Atletico, maybe Simeone works better when he has less to think about like sorry less options and I know that that's probably ridiculous but like just you're playing there you are playing there and that's it there's no like second guessing and kind of players looking over their shoulder and changing systems and changing mm. changing personnel an hour through the game and, 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 and players almost knowing that there's going to be changed it started today and it was four to back and Condogbia and there was there was no room for oh well maybe after an hour we're going to completely rejig the system. It was what it was and that's it. Maybe obviously he doesn't want to lose Trippier. No no squad would want to lose uh, their starting right back. But Jorente, maybe like the fact that Jorente and Rodrigo de Paul have been kind of like Rodrigo de Paul feels like he's the. He's the de facto starter there, but out and then he goes in and then he and then he and then he drops out for Llorente and then Llorente plays right back and then you're in, instead of just saying Llorente, you're playing right back for the rest of the season. That's it. Mm. Don't I don't want to I don't want to hear anything else. And that's it. Okay. Which I think and that's I think that's possible. Point. I think it's certainly possible. That's what Letty decide to do, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah I, I think that is possible. But just in terms of the the. The confidence that then gives Llorente, focus on that instead of having to focus on playing in a different position in a different role. And I think that based on what we saw from, we have seen from Diego Simeone in the last since he took over a decade ago, he does like having a kind of a tight squad where he relies on the same players over and over again. And once they can kind of find that, and, and we mentioned at the start of the pod about Atletico fighting for maybe second that. I mean, and I know it's kind of ridiculous that a 2 0 win at home against Rio isn't the kind of thing that would change your mind about six months of pretty poor football. Right. But 
it's not like it's not out of the question that Real Madrid start to drop points pretty fast here. And it's also not out of the question that Atletico do find that formula that we've been talking about and go on a run of maybe, maybe let's just say 10 games. All of a sudden, you're down to maybe a four-point lead with six, seven, eight games to go. And we do have a I, I league, as they say. So, mm. um, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not, obviously, that's not to say that this Rio game changes my opinion on what, what Atletico have been, but... Uh, if they do find the right formula, they probably could eke out eight, nine, ten victories in a row, um, and and it's not out of the realm possibility that Real Madrid collapse because Ancelotti said uh, it's been going so well. This is a couple of months ago. I remember him saying like, "Look, it's it's going unbelievably well." He said, "But the losses will come," and I think that that based on what we know or what we taught at the start the season that this Real Madrid squad, squad wasn't great uh, and I still believe that to be the case Modric isn't get any fresher as the season goes on and he's just a, I know he's a phenomenon but uh, Cruz, Modric uh, Casemiro aren't going to get any fresher as the season goes along with with, uh, with all the games coming up and I just think that it isn't out around the possibility they go on a, 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 a poor run. And, and Sevilla and Betis have never been here before in a, in a proper title challenge. So it's not. It, it, I would expect them to start maybe dropping points, and 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 then uh, Simeone maybe going on a run of eight or nine wins, and then you know, let's see, <laughs> let's see what. Wouldn't it be interesting if we have the inverse of what happened last season when Atletico were the ones? being chased uh but yeah the, I mean, the gap right now is 14 points atletico did capitalize on madrid's loss earlier on sunday to hetafe that was one nil at the coliseum alfonso perez and yeah it, it's still a, a pretty large gap and atletico have to continue going game by game the goal should still be finishing top four but you know stranger things almost happened just last season so we will have to see what happens with Madrid, um, they they really, really missed Vinicius in that Hitafe game. He couldn't play uh, due to the positive COVID test. Um, other Atletico players who I thought stood out today. Uh, Jeffrey Condogbia got to go back into midfield, and I thought he played really, really well. Uh, 87% pack as, uh, passing accuracy, uh, completed four dribbles, um, really valuable shield in front of the back four. Uh, is a really important player in this squad because there isn't really anyone else that has that profile um, that classic throwback central midfielder that defensive minded pivot uh, and I don't think Koke was really missed in this game because DePaul played well and Kondogbia was excellent yeah and there was a couple of um, counter attacks that Kondogbia was able to stop or just slow down and, and, and I've been looking at and I will release it soon but uh, the the expected goals there's a there's, I think I spoke about him before but Ben Torvani is a data scientist yes on 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 Twitter and then he was kind of talking about the limits of expected goals and there was articles written back when Liverpool were were back when Liverpool were their XG wasn't great but they were they were just like blowing teams away and there was there was people saying does XG maybe not capture everything and and, and Ben did an analysis of that. And, like we like Atletico's expected goals against model or sorry expected goals against is incredible but at the same time they're giving up these massive chances and just they look wide open all the time on the break and I think that uh, that just going off expected goals it doesn't tell the full story because if you just look at that statistic you're thinking Atletico are fine but 
They're clearly not. So I'm just kind of, I think that, and I think that Kondabia fixes that problem in that Koke, he's obviously a stalwart and a, and a pivotal player for Simeone, but he can't stop those counters. And I think that it's one of those things where he doesn't get blame, he doesn't get accredited any blame, but he can't stop those counters. And that's where teams just rip Atletico Madrid to shreds. All season. And, uh, I think yeah. Kondabia fixed that today. Yeah, and gave and gave Atletico a much more solid look overall. Carrasco and Lema both played really well in the second half too. Uh, Carrasco with five dribbles completed, Lema with six, and he was fouled four times. Um, Carrasco was playing on the right for the most part, which is not his preferred position because he can't really cut inside. Uh, early in the game, he was again foul hunting and wasn't playing to the whistle, but really turned it on in the second half, had a shot clatter off the post, uh, had a couple really good opportunities in that second half. He is such an, what, what's the, the Spanish phrase, unbalancing player, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's what he does. And he's the kind of player where, where you watch him and he gets the ball at his feet and it's just, it's not the time slows down, but it's kind of like, if there's proper movement, able to buy himself enough time to let things develop and then maybe just uh, just play a player through and, and there's so many times we've seen that um, and when we saw it again today that, that for the goal even that, that kind of cut back and he had done that before uh, before the goal but he had done that and created loads of space down that right that side mm-hmm. um, and and he's able and when, when, the, when the movement is good in the box that can just that's the that's a goal creating machine uh, of a move. So um, yeah, I mean Carrasco can be frustrating to watch and he can be kind of a bit flimsy, get pushed over and stuff like that. But he does definitely have something that that um, that uh, unbalancing the unbalancing act uh, that that a few players in the squad have, if any. Uh, Cholo Simeone is talking in the press conference right now, and uh, this is going back to Kieran Trippier. Uh, he just said Trippier is an extraordinary player, and we want him to stay. But when a player wants to leave, we cannot force him to stay. Sounds kind of like an admission, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I think that's what's been coming mm. out all along. We, we, yeah. we've, uh, we've heard since almost uh, the summer. It, there's been talk that Trippier wants to go back. Trippier wants to go back. We didn't know where he was going to go, but it just feels perfect right now. In that, it will satisfy his economic demands. It will satisfy Atletico getting something back for a player they're going to lose with for nothing anyway. And uh, Trippier gets to go back to a fairly exciting project. So, because Trippier came from Spurs, obviously, and he is a good enough player that he's playing for like, the Spanish champions, but he's not a good enough player, maybe, to merit both a transfer fee and the economic demands that he that he would require. Like So, only maybe... Well, it's Premier League, so maybe not. But there's only maybe like a handful of teams that we would be willing to um, spend money in January for him. And Newcastle are just—it's—it's—it's—it's perfect because they need to stay up for their project to kind of get off to a good start. They've got all sorts of money, and uh, Eddie Howe is obviously there trying to build himself a team. And Trippier looks like he'd be the perfect right wing back for. to, to start that project so I just think it just feels you know one you know, of those uh, transfers it just feels right it just feels like this is going to satisfy everyone involved 
Well, before we wrap up today's show, Robbie, uh, a couple more uh, things to quickly run through. Atletico's next game is against another Rio, Rio Mahada Honda. That's going to be at the Wanda Metropolitano on Thursday. Uh, expect heavy rotations as Atletico's latest Copa del Rey adventure begins. Uh, kind of difficult to preview that one, given we don't know what the squad's going to look like. Um, there are probably going to be several first-team absences, Koke, Griezmann, uh, as far as we know, both still COVID positive and weren't going to play that game anyway. Same goes for Joao Felix. Uh, Atleti have had a couple Copa del Rey humiliations in recent years. Let's see if uh, they can go a step further uh, this time around. But beyond that, Robbie, um, you have a, re- a really unique perspective on Rio Vallecano in part because you've written a book about them. And I want to draw our listeners' attention to this book without embarrassing you too much, if I can do that. Yeah, no, no problem at all, man. Go ahead. So, uh, Robbie wrote a book a few years ago called Working Class Heroes. You can find it on Amazon, like I did. Uh, It's not a very long read, about 220 pages, but there's a lot of really good info in there. It's a really solid read. Um, If if you could sum up really quickly, Robbie, what what really drew you to Rio and what inspired you to write the first English-language book on them? Um, Well... For a start, it was Paco Jemez, to be honest with you. I just loved the... the I watched La Liga here back in Ireland when, when I lived there uh, for years, and, and I used to watch Rio um, uh, playing under Paco Jemez, and I just thought it just fascinated me, the, the, the kind of style and the feel, uh, real, like in, in the, the stadium in Vallecas. And, and then Ewan McClare, actually, uh, a friend of both of ours, he... Uh, wrote a book about Ibar and I was reading and I was thinking that well, it would be a cool thing to do and I was going over to Spain without any work in the media or anything and I just asked him how he did it um, and he explained to me what he did, he pitched the idea to the publishing house and they said yes or no and they asked him for a timeline and stuff like that and just kind of figured that out and then I just kind of went about it, I contacted a few people and I was like is this is this possible for a person who's become a very good friend of mine since, Paul Reedy, who's a Rio Vallecano yeah. season ticket holder, or at least he was before he protested, and I was he doesn't go, he doesn't buy a season ticket uh, anymore. But he, he, I asked him, I said, Paul, do you think this is, what, what do you think? Like, uh, And he, he said, yeah, sounds good. Come here, meet me. Uh, he's an Irish guy who moved to Spain many years ago, and, and he... So we, we, I met him in his house one of the first weeks uh, I moved there, had a cup of tea and we had a chat and I said, and he said, yeah, that, like, and he helped me a lot with, with the book and met up with all the, a lot of journalists here, uh, Sid Lord, John McCorrigan, uh, interviewed uh, a bunch of the players, uh, past and present. Uh, yeah, I got in contact with the club and, and the club, I, I know the club has been criticised and, and rightly so for it's just... Uh, for the way it's run, but at the same time, the, the, the press officer there, Fernando, was, was excellent with me and, and got me, I, I sent him a message. I, th- I think it was through Paul that he got my number. But anyway, I got, got uh, I got, he said to me, who would you like to interview? And I said, well, the manager, Mitchell, I interviewed Robert Trasoras. Mm-hmm. And, and there were just, and, and, and that was the nice thing about it, in that Royal Vallecano were a huge club in many senses that they're, that they're in their uh, uh, professional team in La Liga, well, not at the time, but generally they have been over the years. Um, and But at the same time, they're really like, uh, Spanish football is kind of funny in that it's it's huge, but it's also, uh, 
it's all there's also it's it's also quite accessible in many ways. And then um, so so what did I do then? Oh yeah, and then I got I got I, I talked to the Bucaneros who who are the the the, uh, the, uh, the Rio Vallecano fan uh, the the ultras there, and I spoke to one of their representatives about what they were trying to do and. Just kind of dug into the history a little bit and wrote wrote, wrote about it and um, yeah so that's that's the that's the story of it and learned a lot and and at the same time like when, when you say I don't want to embarrass you too much I mean <laughs> it's the kind of thing where it, you, know, you know it's, it's the kind of thing where you write a book and and then like a book is never a finished thing you have to hand it to the publishers and they publish it and it's there in print but at the same time. If I write that book today, it's a completely different thing because my my experiences have changed, my 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 opinions have developed, my uh, everything has changed, you know, and and um, which is a good thing. You're not just kind of stagnant, but at the same time, if you were to think like that, you'd never write or do anything. So, uh, yeah, my 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 skill set probably weren't wasn't where I would have liked it to be. Uh, looking back, but at the same time. I did it, and it's 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 a uh, it's a book, and it's people that have enjoyed it, and, and uh, that's that's the main thing, really. It's 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 a really, really a, a valuable read and an important read as well, because Rio is a club, very unique in the neighborhood from which they've emerged. Um, it's a very working class leftist community within Madrid, and they really. How the club is run is they're not run very well, but that those are about as passionate as supporters as you can find in Spain. And you write about your experiences watching games with them, and the interviews you've conducted are are just fabulous. So highly recommended read for our listeners. Go find Working Class Heroes by our very own Robbie Dunn. It's on Amazon, uh, and you you won't uh, you won't regret reading it. And on that note, I think we're gonna sign off for. Today, this Sunday edition of the show, good to talk about an Atletico win, even if it is over Rio. Robbie, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely no problem, Jeremy, and we will chat soon. Yes, we will chat next week following Atletico's Copa del Rey game against Rio Mahara Honda. That is going to be in Madrid at the Wanda Metropolitano. Next weekend, Atletico traveling to Villarreal for uh, another big one there. Two Champions League teams matching up. No Luis Suarez, no Jose Jimenez for that game. They're both suspended but we will talk about that when the time comes. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year. Keep it on into the Calderon, our social media pages, and patreon.com slash Chat for more goodies. We will talk to you all again soon. Adios. Mm-hmm.